You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside the Man Box. I am Rick Fry, and my co-host is... Clint Young. Clint Young. How are you doing, Clint? I'm good. How are you, Rick? I am good. <laughs> I, I've been better, but I'm still good. Yeah, okay. You know, I'm ready to talk about this. The, the sixth of 52 lies. Yeah, this is going to take a while, huh? <laughs> it is, but, but what else we got to do? Yeah, not much, right? No, tons. <laughs> tons. The sixth one is your group. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about what we're doing. We're doing a series, and some of you have listened to them, and maybe some of them haven't. I've Probably got, most people haven't. Haven't, yeah, because we only have like seven people the one <laughs> to on this program to listen to this program anyway. But you're Wyatt is sitting here. Wyatt Winters. He's our engineer. He just waved. Um, but his dad, <laughs> yeah, there he is waving in front of the camera. His dad apparently listened to it and said that he thought it was really good. Oh, he liked it good. Yeah, he did like it. So, yeah. Well, our idea in this was that my heart for it was that a lot of times we talk about truth, which truth is awesome, mm -hmm. but if we don't talk about the opposite side, which is the lie, then sometimes we don't even realize we're believing it. And yeah. so, in reading this book, you realize you got to kind of scratch your head and go, "Now I got to deal with." what I'm believing. Right. And so that's our heart in doing this isn't to bash anybody or nope. anything else. It's just to look at truth. And sometimes we have to say something that sounds extreme yeah. in order to realize, oh, I actually do believe that or, oh, I need to go look at what I'm believing. And so... Well, there are some people yeah. we'd like to bash, but okay. not about this. <laughs> now I'm just a big <laughs> sweetheart, you know. Maybe you, Rick. <laughs> okay, number six. Your greatest need is to love God more. You ever heard that one? Yes. Have you? Yeah, yeah. maybe phrased just a hair different, but yeah. yeah I've, the... I've, I've had counselees who've come in and said, I want I want to love God more. Yeah. And why is this not true? Well, why don't you read the first section? I will read uh, the first section. One time a lawyer came to Jesus and asked him, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Note the focus of the man's question here. He was asking him about the law. Jesus answered his question, saying, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Do you know that he changed scripture when he said that? Mm -mm, He's know. quoting Deuteronomy 6, 5. Mm. And I will read that to you. Okay. It says, And you shall love Jehovah your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your might. He changed the word might to mind. I think in that moment, those Pharisees, teachers of the law, lost their mind because <laughs> he changed Scripture. Mm. Well, I mean, he's Jesus. I think he could do that, right? He, well, we know it now. <laughs> 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 uh, and and, and then he said, then he said, this is the great, the great and foremost commandment, Ma Matthew 27, 37, 38. In response to the man's question about the greatest law, Jesus answered, answered that it is to love God. Therefore, what could be wrong with telling people they need to love God more? By your own power, 
We can't love God the way the commandment demands. No, you don't have the capacity for agape love. Right. Agape love is God loving through us. I have right here um, a little part marked. It says, uh, simple, but our by our own power, we cannot love God the way the command, com- the command demands. Yeah. That's hard to read. <laughs> He knew this, and of course, this is the one reason he gave the command. So why would he do that? He says right here, but commanding people to love just doesn't work. Commanding people who don't already possess love to love does nothing but to expose their inability to love. I think this is one time when we can look at what Jesus is teaching and look at, is this pre-cross or post-cross? This is post-cross, or pre-cross. Yeah, pre Um because sometimes he was trying, this is what he was doing, he was trying to expose people's inability to keep the to law. Keep the law. Cause some people thought, hey, you know, we're doing this. Yeah. Like, we're doing, jumping through all the hoops, and Jesus was getting at something that was deeper than that. Yes, and then he says in the next um, paragraph, that's the weakness of the laws. They are true and right, but we ought to do... we. They, were, they are true and right about what we ought to do, but there is no power in them to enable us to do. No. Turns into self-effort. Yep. How many of us spend most of our lives trying to please God? And now you're going to have to make it 53 lies. We're going to have to go into another one. <laughs> 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 I know in my own in my own history mm-hmm. I used to keep I used to keep a legal pad and at the end of the day I would try to remember all the sins I committed. Well, you were committed. I thought I was committed. I yeah. was lousy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really because I I didn't want <laughs> I didn't want God to be mad at me because I didn't confess a sin. Mm-hmm. I didn't want God to hold that against me because I forgot a sin. Because I thought he would punish me. Yeah. I, I grew up with a lot of that, that punishment blessing, you know, do the right things. God blesses you, do the wrong things. You're going to get sick. Your car's going to break down. Your tire's going to fall off, you yeah. know. Yeah. And we base that on a verse in Hebrews that says God disciplines those he loves. Mm-hmm. Well, discipline doesn't mean punishment. No. But I thought it did. Right. <laughs> because that's how I grew up. I grew right. up with a stepdad who was very angry and very punishing. Mm. Yeah, that has a big impact. It does. The law stimulates rebellion against everything it demands. So if you focus on how much you should love God, that command will com- condemn you and cause you to be filled with a sense of guilt. In fact, people often feel that they ought to love God more already. So why don't they? They can't. No. So what's the answer? First John four nineteen. You want to read that? Yeah, it says we love because He first loved us. Right. Uh, and that's that's dynamite. Like that's the gospel. That is the gospel. That is right the there. truth. Yeah. That we loved because He first loved us. We can't manufacture that. No. It all comes all comes out of our relationship with him. Yep. Says it's impossible to love God as we want to until we understand how much he loves us. Then and only then will we find 
love for God swelling up in our hearts. Yes. Haven't you found this to be true in your life? When you focused on loving him more, uh, did you did you feel like you succeeded? Or did you find yourself literally praying, help me love you more? Yeah. <laughs> and if you think about it, that's a little, that sounds a little silly. Yeah. Like The idea that the greatest need in your life is to love God more more may sound true on the surface, but it is a legalistic lie. The Bible said that God Bible says that God loves us. Everything around everything revolves around that. When you focus on his love for you, as you said, instead of your love for him, you will discover that knowing the love of God for you is a truth that will set you free in your own grace walk. So I have a question. So to flesh that out a little bit, like, how has that affected you understanding God's love? Because I can hear somebody listening to this and going, okay, well, that's self-focused because we're focusing on God's love for us versus our love toward God. Like, I can hear that argument. Mm-hmm. So how has you changing how you view this and you receiving God's love, how's that affected your life? By believing that in order for me to rest I have to give up the very thing you just said, the Mm self-effort. It's not about me. It's about God in me. Mm -hmm. It's not about what I accomplish. It's about what Jesus has accomplished through me. Mm -hmm. And that changes my focus. I get to look at myself in the mirror and say, I am beautiful. I am lovable. I am acceptable. And God loves me. How many of you out there can do that? How how many of you can believe what God says is true? I don't know about the beautiful one that you just said. Rick. Well, okay, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> in, in God's eyes, I'm beautiful. Yeah. yeah, but there's so much more peace. Yes, and rest. It's not a striving to be something more. It's a rest in something that we are. And I think that's that's what Jesus said He came to do: give us life, give us peace, give us joy. And if we're striving and we're having that sense that we're not doing enough, then we're not living in the abundant life that he promised. That's exactly right. We are disobeying what God has told us about ourselves, that we are forgiven, that we are full of his love, that we don't have to manufacture that. We don't have to make it something that we feel because it, it is a reality. And most feelings aren't based on reality. No. No, but so Jesus was saying, look, he was raising the bar, like, but then he died and he rose and now we get to just receive. That's right. That's beautiful. And in receiving, doing becomes a byproduct. And now we don't have to do these things. We get to do these things. We find out we want to. Yes. Like, that's a response. It's, I want to. Because we're, go ahead. I was just thinking, like, in just relationships, like, if your wife told you, you have to love me more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Then you go around and you try to be more loving. Like, is that going to look fake or what? Yeah. Like, you end up asking her, "Um, can you help me help me love you more? Like, (laughs) like, that would just not make any sense, would it? It Like, no, but out of a relationship. Yes. We respond in love. We, and yeah. you know, he says, "If you if you love me, I'll give you the desires of our, your heart." What happens in that is that he changes the desires. 
to desire him more yeah. in that relationship that you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I get, I get not in arguments, but I get in conversations about grace. If, if God's grace is complete and total and I don't have to worry about sin, then people say, well, then you can just go do whatever you want to. You can just do what, go rob, steal, kill, do whatever you want to. And I go, why would I want that? Exactly. It gives you the freedom to realize what you want. Yeah, what I want is is to understand the depth of how much he loves me. Mm-hmm. And then out of that understanding flows the life that I have pursued my whole life. And you realize all along you did want God's desires. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes. Lie number seven. The answer for for weak Christian commitment is to rededicate your life to Christ. This one makes me want to just slam my book down. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a nickel for every time I've rededicated that. No, we could both we could both retire. <laughs> so what is wrong with that? Oh. What's not wrong with it? <laughs> uh, rededication isn't the grace way. The real answer is to sense a need in our walk with God isn't to promise him that that we will try harder, which is impossible, by the way. Right. Um, the problem is rededicating. Okay. The problem is rededicating ourselves. Christ is the problem with rededicating ourselves to Christ is which is really just another word for self-sufficiency in the flesh. I am going to rededicate myself. Which you're saying what? I am going to do better. I'm going to do better this time. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do all the right, more good things and not as many bad things. (laughs) Which is what, which is what you do under the law, Mm -hmm. which is what the law demanded that you, you do these things. And because you do these things, God's going to love you. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. He already does love me. Yeah. Doesn't matter how much I try or how many times I rededicate my life, I have his love, all of it. Well, and just separate it makes such a separation, I feel like, in our relationship to God because we're always view, looking at our track record, our ourself and where we're doing and I mean, I don't care how good you're doing. How good <laughs> for those of the video you can see the, the doing, air quotes. Air quotes. <laughs> you can always find some way that you're falling short. You can always find something. It's never enough. Well, and the enemy is number one at that game. Yes. Cheering you on, like, you know, and saying, okay, you know, try harder, try hard, you know, because he knows we're going to burn out and then we're going to be rededicating. It's this whole thought that I'm separate from God. I got to earn this. I got to, I got to do more. And it just leaves this whole void. And we wonder why people are burnt out. We wonder why people, you know, keep falling into the same sin habits and stuff over and over and over because this is the answer we give them. Yeah. This is, this is your answer. Rededicate. Go rededicate. Well, when you've done that 400 times, you kind of figure out it's not working. It's not working. Victory in the Christian life doesn't come by trying. It comes by trusting. Did you hear that paper crinkle? And I did. It. I that was, turn that the page. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to say that again because it's so powerful. Victory in the Christian life doesn't come by trying. It comes by trusting God. How many times have we prayed? God, just tell me what to do. Just I've prayed t- it a bunch. <laughs> tell me what to do and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And what I hear 
from God is, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to trust me. And we say, shoot, that doesn't give me anything to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I go, well, you don't understand the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the question is, I need for you to tell me what to do. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I am telling you, trust me. I want you to trust me by saying I have to rededicate my life because of all the stuff that I've done says I don't trust God. Mm. God is trustworthy. God is faithful. He never lies. He never turns his back because he says in John 14, I will abide in you forever. No conditions. Right. Yeah. Rededicating ourselves to try harder isn't the answer. It doesn't matter how sincere we might be. It simply won't work. The answer is to trust him. That's the only cure for an unstable, up-and-down spiritual existence. You agree? I agree. Yep. I, I've and experienced this, that, a lot of ups and downs. So, so doing good, I'm doing so. bad, I'm doing good, I'm doing bad. Well, it's probably more like I'm doing bad, 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 good. But, <laughs> you know, that was there, optimistic. There was <laughs> usually a lot more bads than good. <laughs> this next paragraph is so important. One of my favorite chapters. I am the vine, you are the branches. And this is Jesus talking. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. That's John 15, 5. The branch is the great fruit hanger, but it is incapable of producing fruit on its own. That yeah. makes sense. The branch is where the bru- fruit hangs. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, you I'm ever, the branch. You ever went and got a chainsaw out and cut some branches off? That's yes. all what happened. Yep. <laughs> you go prune that tree. Yep. Yep. Those leaves just wilt and fall off. Yep. That is the perfect re- pre- representation of our ability to live the Christian life. We cannot produce it, no matter how hard we try, no matter how dedicated we are, but we can bear the characteristics of Christ's life by remaining dependent on him and allowing him access to our humanity through faith. I can't do it. God spent 5,000 years with one group of people, the Jews, to prove that they couldn't do it. Right. They couldn't keep the law. Yeah. Oops, my phone went off. (laughs) And then he says this, consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Consider yourself dead to sin. I'm pretty sure dead means dead. Doesn't mean half alive. That I'm actually dead to sin. You know, sometimes it doesn't feel right in there's our that, emotions. It doesn't that word, feel, feel dead, but it says to consider yourselves, which means to believe it, yep. that you are dead. It says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you should obey its lust. And do not go on presenting your members, the members of your body, as to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead. So we've not, they're not just dead. We've been, they're gone. They're gone. And we've been made alive to him. Right. That's that's that new desires you were talking about. Yep. 
mm-hmm. your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not master over you, for you're not under the law, but under our favorite word, grace. grace. <laughs> That's Romans six eleven through 14. The Christian life is not hard for us to live. It's impossible. That can... That should make you give you a sigh of relief, actually. Yeah. That takes the burden. Yeah. That takes the burden of trying to be what you already off. What you already <laughs> it takes the burden of what you're trying to be off of you because mm-hmm. it's on God. He's already made you what you're trying to be. Yeah. I depend on him as my life, my wisdom, and my power as I walk through life. This seems so simple. It seems so simple. Mm -hmm. That fundamental truth, we are designed for dependence on him for everything. Wow, yeah. That's what we're designed for. Mm -hmm. And yet we live in a culture that celebrates independence. Right, yeah. And we've talked about that before. Right, yeah. But we celebrate independence. I can do it. I can handle this. I can make it right. I can achieve the goals and some people think they achieve the goals because of what how they define success mm-hmm. is it money is it statue statue status status <laughs> <laughs> is it um does it fulfill you does it bring you joy I mean, money is the good thing. It's convenient. It is convenient to have. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, it's a wonderful life. Who's the character? Um, Jimmy Stewart talking to the angel, mm-hmm. saying, well, it comes in pretty handy down here, bub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It. We all want, we all want security. But we put security, we we allow things, possessions, money to define what security is, and it is not secure. No. And you talk to somebody who has a lot of money, and they're still wanting more. It's never enough. Right. This this right here is secure. This is secure. Yeah. It says, "Is there a play? Is there a place for active participation in Christian living? Absolutely." But it is vitally important to have that will and effort exercised in an attitude of total dependence on God's power within us. The relationship between them is clearly shown in this passage. So then, my beloved, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Philippians 2.12 That sure sounds like dedicated effort, isn't it? Yes, but the next verse, completing the sentence, tells the inner secret the hidden source of power for the outward effort, for it is God who works within you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. To will and to do. In other words, the life my creator was has designed for me can be understood as he as him expressing his life through me from the inside until it governs my life on the outside. I depend on him as my life, my wisdom, and my power as I walk through life. That's not a secret. 
That's not a formula. It's a secret to most people, though. Well, true. <laughs> it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. That's for sure. Mm. Good stuff. Good, really good stuff. Really good stuff. And I'm going to read the last sentence, and then we'll okay. be through for today. You have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. We continue the walk in the same way we started it, by grace, through faith. There's that word, grace. We didn't earn it. Nope. We didn't do anything to become um, more loved by God. We can't rededicate ourselves back into God's favor because we already have it. We already have it. It already exists, and you don't have the power to kill it. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yep. <laughs> well, this was a good one. Thank you, Clint. Thank you. Yeah. See thank you, you next time. You, thank you guys for listening. Yes, we will see you next time. Should we ever get these videos up? <laughs> <laughs>